Okay, so check it out. <laughs> uh, I forgot that I was making some toast. Uh, I, I started recording this episode and then I forgot this was in the oven, so yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. How are you doing? Uh, we're looking at 1 Kings chapter 10 today. And here it goes, verse 1. When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and its relation to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Ooh, like an IQ test. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Verse 3, Solomon answered all her questions. Ooh, nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. Like, sup, sup, soya. So easy, all these questions for him. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, obviously not this, <laughs> the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings, yeah, the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. Oh, wow, you know, look at this, you know. Not just your wisdom, but all the things that come from your wisdom, your wealth, in other words. Verse 6, she said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom, it is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me in wisdom and wealth, you far exceeded the report I had heard. So, you know, she heard this report, you know, Solomon, rich guy, smart guy, didn't believe it. Too good to be true. She went to check it out. Not only was it true, but it was even better than the tr truth he expected. Not even half. It's double in terms of the amazingness and the impressiveness of his wisdom and again of his wealth. You know, she was blown away. Verse 8, how happy your men must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. How lucky these guys had to hear your wisdom every single day. I had to come all the way. But these guys, they bask in your greatness. Verse 9, praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you, uh -huh, and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And she recognizes, you know, the reason why you have this wealth, this wisdom, is because God is blessing his people. He loves his people, so he's given them a king. Uh, through whom he gives this blessing, a king who is wise, who can maintain this justice and righteousness. And so she praises God for this king. And so there's, there's a kind of integrity in this queen. You know, she hears this report, but she checks it out for herself. And when she sees how true it is, she praises God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, okay. Um, verse 8 is interesting because she says, How happy your officials. And so she's, she's again saying, you know, you guys are so lucky. Maybe turning to the courtiers, you know, his, um, his officials in his court. You know, you guys, you guys get to hang out with this amazing guy. But there's something a bit worrying about that. Because she praises the people who have direct contact with him. It's, Solomon is meant to be a blessing to all the people. But his wisdom is only seemingly affecting the people who are close to him. 
Solomon is supposed to be rich and the land is supposed to be blessed in his wealth, but the wealth seems to be reflected in the palace, in the place where he resides as king. It mentions later on even his throne. And so it's a rich man kind of richness. You know, it's almost like a poor neighborhood, but then you have this mansion in the middle of that neighborhood. Solomon seems to be accumulating this wealth around himself. And that's kind of the picture of the entire chapter, which talks about his wealth in terms of just one thing, in terms of gold. So you hear this word again, gold, 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 gold. Verse 14, the weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents. And this idea of a yearly increase of his wealth in terms of gold. Everyone kept increasing his wealth. He made, verse 16, 200 large shields of hammered gold. So even his army had gold. You know, to just show not just how protected they were, all these shields, but how much bling they had. This was a rich army. Imagine gold tanks, that kind of thing. <laughs> verse 18, the king made a great throne inlaid with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. Even his chair you know, had gold in it. And verse 21, all of King Solomon's goblets were gold. All the household articles were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver. No, only gold. Why? Because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's days. So it's, it's again, a rich man's picture of wealth. You know, everything is LV or Givenchy or Hugo Boss, that kind of thing. And that's how, you know, oh wow, that guy is really, really rich. But it makes you go again, again, is this the kind of wealth that God wants to show in terms of his generosity and maybe even his sacrifice through this king? Uh, verse 23, King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. He was number one in terms of the rich man list. Now, what's interesting is it talks about gold, gold, gold again. He's a rich man. He has lots of gold. But the way the chapter ends, it's so interesting because it starts talking about his horses, horses, horses. So verse 26, Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. <laughs> horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities. So there are all these cities just for these horses and also with him in Jerusalem. Uh, verse 28, Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Kuwait. You think of imported cars, Solomon imported horses all the way from Egypt. And they're really expensive. You know, a chariot from Egypt was 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And he had so many of these horses. And he also exported them to the kings of the Hittites and the Arameans, it ends. And so it's really interesting because Solomon's wealth is displayed in terms of gold and horses. Why? Why? It's meant to be a warning, warning to us, hey, this might not be the kind of king God wants us to see in terms of God's king, God's wealthy king. And we get this from Deuteronomy because years and years and years ago, Moses gave a warning about the king. And this is Deuteronomy chapter 17. And down here, it talks about the king. Moses warns us about the king. And in verse 16, he says, the king moreover must not acquire a great number of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them for the Lord has told you you are not to go back that way again. And what does Solomon have? He has lots of horses and these horses come from Egypt. It's a direct violation against the warning in Deuteronomy chapter 17. 
And he goes on. Verse 17, he must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large numbers of, sorry, large amounts, sorry, of silver and, and gold. And gold. It's really, really so obvious here. You know, it's talking about the, this warning, three kinds of warnings that you're not meant to accumulate if you're the king. Number one, horses. Number two, wives. Number three, gold. And Solomon is accumulating number one and number three, the gold and the horses. And all that's left is the accumulation of wives that will lead his heart astray. And you know what? That happens. Eventually, that happens to Solomon. He strikes all three down in terms of God's warning to him as the king. What do we see here? There are some things that a king does that a king should not do. And God tells him, tells him that. And when they obviously accumulate all this wealth and this blessing for themselves, that's when you need to go, hey, you know, there's a warning sign there. And maybe for us even, when God blesses us with something, maybe that blessing is not for us to accumulate for ourselves, for our own status, for our own CV, but it's meant to be distributed to bless others, so that it's meant to be held with an open hand so that others around us will be blessed. Others around us will be receiving this gift and this generosity that God has given through us. So that's one thing. But secondly, it points forward to the kind of king that we have in Jesus Christ. Because I'm not sure if you noticed, Jesus had no horses. <laughs> well, he rode in on a donkey once. But he had no possessions. He had no gold to speak of. He had no bling around him. If anything on the cross, he was stripped of everything, including his dignity. And that's how you know he's God's king. He's the king who has everything but gave it all up for us. He humbled himself to God's, to God's will, even to die on the cross, so that we would be blessed with God's riches of adoption, of forgiveness, and blessings in eternal life. That comes through this king who dies so that we might live this king who is poor so that we might be rich in his blessing and forgiveness and acceptance as sons and daughters of God. That's Jesus, and that's God's true king. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that um, even Solomon, in his maybe mistakes and foolishness in gathering this wealth to himself, can point us forward to the true king that we can see in Jesus Christ. Thank you that he is so generous, so humble, so sacrificial in giving up his glory that we might receive his grace and forgiveness through the cross. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this is what happens when you try to film the daily Bible reading show and forget that you have something in the oven.